0: This is Sarah Hart Unger, and welcome to episode number two of Best Laid Plans. I decided that today's episode is going to be devoted to the weekly review ritual that I do, ideally, at the end of each week. I say ideally because I am not perfect at getting this in every week. I wish that I was. But I do get it in pretty regularly, and I find that doing it and taking the time to actually go through each step really makes me feel better about my entire system And therefore, as an extension, my entire life. Because the thing is, you can't trust your planner system fully unless you know that you've taken the steps to make sure that it's current and actually reflects what's going on in your life. And it's wonderful to have systems so that you don't forget the important things that are involved in future planning, which is always less straightforward than it seems. So I actually do have a physical list that I look at every time I do my own weekly review. I got the idea of a weekly review from David Allen, who is very famous for his getting things done book and overall methodology. And I'm a huge fan of David Allen, but I do feel like I have added a few tweaks to his weekly review so that I can call it my own weekly review ritual and process. I took the time to copy this process into the accessory notebook that I keep in the back of my planner. I actually do need to refresh myself because if I don't look at a physical list, it's very easy for me to forget a step. And if I forget a step, I may regret that down the line. You'll kind of see what I mean when I tell you what the steps are. So I figured for this exciting episode number two, I would go through exactly what my weekly review steps look like and kind of um, maybe go off on some tangents about why they can be important. Now, I guess I will start with a caveat that is my weekly review doesn't have to look like your weekly review. We can all do things differently, and we probably do have different things that we need to keep track of. So I think it's probably really important to look at as many people's weekly reviews as you can, because it may be that elements from different people really fit into what you need to do to plan a successful week. Maybe you don't do any grocery shopping or meal planning, so that wouldn't be important to you, but maybe it's very, very important that you... I don't know, plan out your outfits for the week because you get very stressed in the morning without a clear wardrobe plan. I mean, that's not me, but maybe it's you. So, I do think that creating your own weekly review that's individualized for your needs is important. And I really encourage you, as nerdy as it sounds, to write it down, print it out, or put it somewhere convenient where you will see it all the time, every time you need to do it. Because it really is easy to miss a step. I mean, if I can be missing steps many years after I started doing this, then, you know probably anybody else could too, or maybe I'm just absent-minded. I don't know. But anyway, here we go. These are my weekly review steps. Step number one, I review my project lists, monthly goals, and upcoming calendar. So that's a little bit uh, complicated. In fact, in a way that's kind of three steps in one, but I do have it included in one. So let me go into a little bit of detail about what that means. I keep project lists of kind of active things that are percolating or multi-step processes that I'm working on in an Apple Notes app. I used to do this on paper in my accessory notebook, and there is absolutely no right way or wrong way to do this. You can keep track of your lists however it makes you happy. I know a lot of people like to use Evernote or Google Keep or a whole slew of other options. I have found that Apple Notes works for me because I usually have my phone or my laptop handy, so it's a nice way to be able to pull things up. And sometimes I find that my lists get too long or need to be altered too much for to make paper practical for them. But you could certainly do either. I have a separate projects list for things going on at work, for things going on at home, and also for like personal projects. I don't always look at all my yearly personal projects every week. That's more for weekly or sorry, monthly or quarterly reviews, which I can certainly talk about in later episodes, but I certainly want to at least scan over my projects list. I also look at my monthly goals. I do take the time to create a set of goals for each month. And currently I write those goals down on the page in my Hobonichi Techo Cousin Planner kind of that goes at the beginning of each month. They have a blank page that's just perfect for writing down goals and habits and things you kind of are interested in doing. I also tend to put important dates for the month on that page. So when I mention reviewing the upcoming calendar, that's certainly a way of doing it, just to see kind of what's coming up over the next couple weeks and what's important on the time landscape of my life. So that's step one. Step two is to migrate or eliminate the prior week's task. I love when I can just eliminate something. Like maybe I didn't do something that I had put down for the week. And by the way, I keep track of my weekly tasks on a column of the weekly pages also in my planner. You could do this on a simple to-do list pad or you know, in any kind of form, digital, otherwise. But I do have like maybe an eight to 10 item weekly list of things that I try to get done during the week. And it's a joy at the end of the week to go through and kind of see what's left and decide whether it really needs to be moved forward. So I'll either move them to the next week or I'll just decide, you know what, actually I didn't need to do that and that's just as satisfying. Step number three is to add new items from my monthly list or projects if needed. So remember in step one how I kind of took a scan of kind of what's going on and what my monthly goals were? Well, once I've seen what I've migrated, I kind of know what's on my plate for the coming week and can decide what would be realistic to pull off of those bigger lists, like for the month, to get on there. I will admit that sometimes towards the end of a month, I might get overly ambitious as I'm trying to finish a bunch of things. But the thing is, these are all fluid and flexible. And just because something didn't get finished on June's list, if it's the last week of June and I can't shove it in there, you know, there's probably gonna be a July, assuming that life goes according to plan, which it doesn't always, but anyway, it can always be moved forward. But step three is to add new items from my monthly lists or projects if needed. Step four is big, and I do not feel very good about starting my week if I do not do steps four and five step four is to empty physical inboxes i don't know about you but i have two sets of physical inboxes i have a work physical inbox which is basically an in tray on my desk plus sometimes people just put papers on my desk which man i really hate but sometimes it happens and then also I have a physical inbox, which is basically my desk um, at home, which can become a dumping ground. And I also have kind of like a tray where I hold mail or pending bills or that sort of thing um, that's on top of my desk. So that's the physical inboxes. It's really important for me to go through those each week and kind of get them to at least, not, if not empty, at least get them to current, get rid of things that I no longer need, make sure that I'm paying the bills that that need to be paid, kind of like just getting down to a manageable place, if not zero. Number five is to empty my virtual inboxes. This tends to take even longer than my physical inboxes, as one can imagine, because my virtual inboxes are basically my email, and maybe like a few other digital things like Instagram messages or, or things like that, but mostly it's email. I have work email, and I have home email, as many of you, I'm sure, do as well. And yes, I do like to get those down to zero, ideally by the end of each week. Do I always do it? Absolutely not. Do I wish I could? Yes. (laughs) I think it's important to figure out for yourself, if you are an inbox zero devotee as I am, you know, when is the ideal time to do that? I love doing it on Friday afternoons for work because it allows me to really just, you know, make sure I know exactly what my critical projects are. And I kind of do a informal planning process for the next week while I do that. And for my home inbox, I tend to do that kind of on Sunday nights or sometimes another random weeknight if I haven't gotten to it prior. Or sometimes I'll have a day off. Like today, I have a random day off from work. And one of the first things I did was to tackle my inbox. A few words about inbox zero. I think... I don't know. I feel like people make it more complicated than it needs to be. Inbox zero does not mean getting done everything in your inbox. That would be ridiculous. It also does not mean neatly categorizing every email into some sort of special folder. I mean, maybe that was what it was in 2005 or something. But I mean, email search is pretty good. And so I just dump everything into archives. I just don't want to see it in my actual e- inbox. I also will put some things into a folder called waiting on or follow up particularly in my work email. So if there are projects that I know I need to do, but I really don't need to do them now, and it's fine if I just look at them the next week, then they can go in that folder. And that way I kind of, I do actually purposefully browse through that folder every single week when I'm doing my weekly review. Like to me, that's part of the email clean out, because you need to make sure that everything in there has kind of been reflected on a task list or my calendar or something. But at the same time, Having that blanket folder means that everything's either getting dumped into the trash or that folder, or if it's like a two minute action, I'm completing it. Nothing is sitting in there and just clogging things up. And it's a great way to make sure none of the loose ends get lost. I happen to have a job where loose ends can be really bad. Like A loose end is simple as a patient asking for an appointment or to refill a prescription or a resident asking for a letter. If I miss those little things and they may be too intimidated to to remind me, then someone gets really negatively impacted. So I really do have to take care to make sure I've cleaned things out each week so that I don't accidentally leave something important behind. So that's why number five for me is to empty my virtual inboxes, my work and home inbox. And I even have a separate note to myself On my actual weekly review ritual list, it says check your waiting on and to-do folder because that's very important. All right, number six is very individual to me. I like to plan the new week's workouts and meals. If your to-do list is anything like mine, it often takes on a life of its own. I'm Eric Fisher, host of the Beyond the To-Do List podcast. And each week I talk with productivity experts, authors, and creatives as they share their insights on how to live life beyond the to-do list. People like Phil Rosenthal of Everybody Loves Raymond and Somebody Feed Phil about creativity, family, food, and travel. Productivity expert David Allen on Getting Things Done and Whole30 founder Melissa Urban on Setting Boundaries in Your Personal and Professional Life. Find a great new episode each week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane, and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. We are now well into spring, and there's no better time to shop for beautiful cotton sweaters that can take us right into the next season. And definitely take a look at their dresses. They have so many pretty ones. I'm obsessed with the day dress. It's so classic and versatile. Plus, everything in their collection is designed so intentionally that you can style pieces together without a second thought. All of their sweaters and tops pair with jeans, work pants, and more, and can be styled to fit practically any occasion. Find your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at jennikayn dot Promo code PLANS. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code PLANS50 to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no-prep and no-mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from protein plus to plant-based to keto and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com plans50. And use code PLANS50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code PLANS50, P-L-A-N-S, 50, at Factormeals.com PLANS50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. And also to confirm any upcoming childcare. Now... This was recorded prior to the lockdown, kind of preventing having a lot of babysitters in and out of our house, but I used to do a really careful kind of revolving door sort of things with our babysitters, not revolving door, I don't know, revolving calendar, where I would make sure that like the six weeks, six to eight weeks ahead, I always knew if there were nights that we were going to have out and that I had my babysitters booked. Because the worst thing is when you have a babysitter that you love and they've already been snatched up by somebody else for a night that you wanted to do a Saturday night date night. So I really do a lot of planning ahead when it comes to childcare. I find that this also allows me to get great anticipatory joy in how I might use my childcare because usually I'm using it to do something fun with my husband or myself and so, you know, that way I have it arranged and I get to think of it. It's still important to confirm with your childcare. I kind of learned that the hard way. Not every childcare provider takes a date 8 weeks from when you've asked them and puts it in their planner very carefully. So your mileage may vary, but I have found it is also best the week of to make sure they still remember that they agreed to that. So I confirm my childcare and I plan out the whole week of workouts. So I look at the calendar, decide, you know, which day it makes sense to do which workout. I'm currently really enjoying beach body workouts, but previously I did a lot of running and had training plans. And I found that if I didn't put things like Okay, so back in the day when I was doing mostly running, I really didn't like to do a lot of strength training. Things have changed for me a great deal now, but in the past that was how I rolled. And if I didn't plan in those strength workouts, I was definitely not going to do them. I was never going to wake up on a Wednesday and be like, "Oh, let me do a bunch of push-ups." But if I kind of thought about it with my, you know, prefrontal cortex, my planning part of my brain the week prior, I would know that doing strength training is very good for your overall health and prevents injury. So I'd put it in my planner and I wouldn't want to let myself down if I had planned that. So I was more likely to follow through on things just for having planned it out. This is also very important if you're into going to workout classes and there's, you know, a childcare aspect that needs to be arranged. It's very hard to, you know, go to your favorite spin class if you kind of haven't thought about it beforehand. Now, maybe if you're kind of have a similar daily routine every day and you're single and just kind of like living the city life, that may not apply to you. But certainly in the phase of life that I'm in, I kind of have to think about where things will best fit. I also do a weekly meal plan and that goes straight into my planner and is part of step six. I usually do these on Sunday and currently I've been doing big grocery shops on Sunday as well. So it's kind of just part of that process. So I will put the meals for the week into my planner, make an accompanying shopping list. And that way I never have to wonder on Wednesday, like what we have in the fridge to eat, because that's just another source of stress I can get rid of. You know, I mentioned earlier that your weekly review might include your outfits. I definitely have friends that will decide what they're going to wear throughout the week. And I can imagine this kind of going in the planner and being part of the weekly review. I don't personally do that. Maybe someday I will, I don't know. Just because it's not usually a source of stress. Like I just put on the first thing I see and it's fine, right? At least it seems like it's fine. (laughs) Um, But you know, that could be another thing that you would plan out. And then finally, step number seven for me is to review my plan with my husband, Josh, and also our nanny. I do have full-time childcare because both of us work full-time jobs and we have three children, as I mentioned, ages two, six, and eight. So with that full of a house, um, we really need to have an extra body on board who is not employed So uh, with another job. So anyway, we're like a team of three and I review the plan with both of those and I usually put it on a whiteboard. Now, lately, my two-year-old has gotten into going up to the whiteboard and erasing everything on it and scribbling on it. So I may have to move it higher or come up with some other solution. But I do have these two big Erin Condren whiteboards that I really like. One of them is a calendar. So it has a space for each day and I write what we're having for dinner. So the kids don't ask me a million times. And then back when the kids used to go to activities, I wrote down activities that they went to. And I would note things like if I had a late night at work. So our nanny would know that I wasn't going to make it home that night at the usual time. And then the other one is for the kids' kind of daily task list and chores. So we have both of those giant whiteboards in our hallway. And currently, they're kind of out of commission due to my toddler. But this will pass just like everything else passes. And hopefully, we'll be able to use them again. So that's pretty much it. Let me read the steps one more time. And let me think if I've missed any pearls in my process. But number one is to review the projects list that I have. Review my monthly goals and look at my upcoming calendar. Step two is to migrate or eliminate the prior week's tasks. Step three is to add new items from my monthly lists or project lists, if needed, to the we- new week's tasks. Step four is to empty my physical inboxes, both work and home. Step five is to empty virtual inboxes, both work and home, and including checking on my big waiting on to-do follow-up folder. Step six is to plan the new week's workouts and meals and confirm child care. And step seven is to review the plan with my husband and our nanny and to put it up somewhere that we can all refer to, or at least put it in a text if we're not using the whiteboards currently. So that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. Oh, I know what I was going to say. I think the weekly review, one of the reasons it helps is number one, you it kind of forces you not to miss some of these details, but number two, it takes advantage of the power of batching. If you know that you're going to be checking your mail and clearing off your desk every week, then you kind of don't have to care about it on a Wednesday if you see a few envelopes lying there. And it is more efficient to deal with all this stuff kind of in one fell swoop than it is to deal with it in dribs and drabs and be consistently... Sorry, constantly switching your attention from one task to the other. So the weekly review does kind of make use of the concept of batching, which can be very helpful. I also want to say that weekly reviews and planning in general is not that easy. I personally find it very difficult to plan when I'm tired. It's not like I want to do it at the end of a work week or the end of the day, like my last thing. I'm better off doing it first thing in the day when I'm fresh or maybe Friday afternoon at work after a cup of coffee or something. But I think that it really does pay off dividends to put attention into planning in general. I mean, you guys know that. I am (laughs) going to say more times than you ever want to hear that the planning certainly tends to pay off. But I I guess I think that it needs to be given the respect that it's due. And doing this process for yourself is really valuable. And so it really is worth the time to create it for yourself, to write it down, and to build it into your weekly cycle of what gets done. All right, so that is my weekly review and really the end of the second episode of Best Laid Plans. I think for today's love of the week, I will share the notebook that I use to keep some of my lists and also that has the weekly review written on it. And I will share on my Instagram a copy of this weekly review ritual so you can all refer to that. But really, this notebook is just a very slim notebook. It's called the Hobonichi Memo Book, and it does come from Hobonichi directly, but you can also order them on Pens or even Amazon. They come in two different sizes, like an A5 size and an A6. I have the A5 because that's the size of the Hobonichi Cousin that I use, and I conveniently have my weekly review my monthly review and my quintile review on the last page so that I don't have to flip through to find it. Because I would say that that's kind of one of the most highly used things in this um, little accessory book that I turn to most often. So that would be my love of the week. I do not have a planning question for you yet. Just wait till hopefully episode four or so. And I know those questions will be pouring in. So, um, That's it. And thank you again for listening. If you can tell your friends or leave a review for this very fledgling baby podcast, I would be thrilled. Thank you again.